The South Carolina Gamecocks lost out on 2024 wide receiver target Mazio Bennett on Sunday afternoon to the Tennessee Volunteers. Is this loss on the recruiting trail indicative of a bigger problem here? I'll be discussing that in depth today on the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. You are Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, your show for daily headlines and potential storylines on your favorite South Carolina Gamecocks sports teams. I'm your host, Andrew Lyon, and as always, thank you for making the Locked On Gamecocks podcast your first listen or watch every day. We are free and available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts daily. And while the Gamecocks were on a bye week this past week and didn't have a whole lot going on on the field, They did have something occur off the field on Sunday afternoon, as I alluded to in the cold open for today's show. Wide receiver target from the 2024 recruiting class, Mazio Bennett, who's from Greenville, South Carolina, committed to the Tennessee Volunteers, a program that, to say, is surging right now with momentum would be the understatement of the century, as they just ended a 15-year losing streak to the Alabama Crimson Tide on Saturday, winning an absolutely mind-boggling game with a bunch of touchdowns being scored both on their side and by the Alabama Crimson Tide. Now, obviously, I'm not here to talk about the Tennessee Volunteers on today's show. I am here to talk about, though, the development with Maisie O'Bant's recruitment. More so, what this means on South Carolina's end, because I'm going to say this right now, I think that losing Mazio Bennett to the Tennessee Volunteers, at least if you're South Carolina, should be a red flag as to how things are going on the offensive side of the ball. And I'm going to talk about all that on today's show. So real quickly, my reaction to Mazio Bennett committing to Tennessee, again, this is a loss for South Carolina on the recruiting trail. There are a lot of prospects that most fans would typically sit there and say, oh, well, we didn't get them. You know, there's always going to be another guy at that position. We just got to move beyond that. I don't think this is a recruitment if you're South Carolina where you can say that because this was a really big target for the Gamecocks on the wide receiver board in the 2024 class. This was a kid that was from Greenville, South Carolina within your state borders and you just lost him to one of your annual opponents in the SEC Eastern Division, a team that you have to play against every single year and a team that, like I just said, is surging with a ton of momentum right now. Now, should Gamecock fans take note of this loss on the recruiting trail because of the fact he's an in-state prospect, because he's now going to an annual opponent, or at least is committed to an annual opponent in Tennessee? Again, it hurts about those aspects, but that doesn't paint the bigger picture here. The reason why this development needs to be noted by all fans is because this is turning into a really bad recruiting trend for Shane Beamer and the South Carolina staff in terms of recruiting skill positions on offense, particularly the wide receiver position. Real quickly, I'm going to read off a list to all of y'all of guys from the 2022 and 2023 recruiting class who are all major targets for South Carolina, but all either signed or have committed to play elsewhere. From the 2022 recruiting class, running back Ramon Brown was a target of South Carolina's, wound up going to Maryland. Running back Jalen Glover was a target of South Carolina's, wound up committing to Utah. Wide receiver Dane Key was a big target for the Gamecocks at the wide receiver spot. 
he wound up committing to the home state Kentucky Wildcats. Oscar Delp was one of the biggest targets for the Gamecocks this past recruiting cycle. He wound up committing to their SEC Eastern rivals in the Georgia Bulldogs. And then, of course, there was the whole fiasco with wide receiver Antonio Williams. And I say fiasco because of the fact that it came all the way down to the wire here leading into early signing day. And he wound up committing to South Carolina's arch rivals in the Clemson Tigers. This was a kid that was literally playing at Dutch Fork High School basically a half hour away just about from campus. In the 2023 recruiting class, the Gamecocks have lost guys like running back Ben Hall to Michigan. Wide receiver Christian Hamilton committed to the home state North Carolina Tar Heels. Wide receiver Carmelo Taylor was looking like a South Carolina lean and then wound up committing to Penn State at the end of the day. And now for the 2024 recruiting class. The Gamecocks just lost Mazio Bennett to the Tennessee Volunteers. Now, what is the one thing that all these guys have in common that I just mentioned? They're all offensive skill players. Most of them are specifically wide receivers, as I mentioned earlier. Now, when looking at the 2022 recruiting class, in terms of the high school signings the Gamecocks had at wide receiver, the Gamecocks signed Landon Sampson, Kyla Corden, and Xavier Shore. None of these guys were blue chip prospects. Not saying that they won't be good, but those were the three guys that they brought in. These are guys that are going to take some time to develop, especially Horton and Short, for example, as Short tries to carve out a role as he could be a potential H-back. And then so far in the current recruiting class, the Gamecocks had wide receivers Kelton Henderson and C.J. Adams committed. Henderson specifically is viewed as a blue chip prospect overall by the majority of the recruiting service websites that are out there. But the big issue as far as the 2023 recruiting class is concerned is that no other wide receiver currently seems to have South Carolina under heavy consideration in terms of potential landing spot. And as far as the 2024 high school wide receiver board goes, there's no blue chip prospects like Mazio Bennett who have shown as much interest as he did throughout the recruiting process. The last part I just mentioned is very important here because the recruiting calendar, I want y'all to understand, has accelerated drastically with all the changes that have been made over the last several years with the early signing date now being in place in December with the transfer portal. High school kids are no longer waiting all the way to signing day for the most part to make their commitments. There are kids that are now making their decisions almost over a year in advance, in Maceo Bennett's case, before they'll even get a chance to probably sign. At the earliest, it would be June where he could maybe sign if he decided to go into college a year early, which who knows, maybe he has the ability to do that. In that case, that would still be eight months ahead of time. So these kids are not waiting anymore is my point. They are making essentially a business-like decision earlier on than ever before because of all the information that they have at their fingertips. And I want to emphasize something real quick. Don't tell me that Mazio Bennett could always decommit and sign with South Carolina. If you wind up saying that in the comment section on YouTube or messaging me that on Twitter, yes, of course, you would be correct. He could decommit and sign to South Carolina. But I'm going to say something real quick. Based on how this announcement was made, how this all played out with his recent visits to Tennessee, I'm going to just say from reading the tea leaves, it would take a drastic, and I mean a drastic shift in terms of changes at both maybe Tennessee and South Carolina for this recruitment to change in the slightest bit. This is not one of those recruitments where you could just sit there and say that, you know, hey, it's not over yet. They can still find a way to get their foot back in the door and get this kid. 
Maybe they could. Maybe they can work the home state angle a little bit harder. But honestly, again, look at what Tennessee's doing so far. If that continues, I highly doubt that that is going to change the commitment status of Mazio Bennett. Now, in a few moments, I'll talk about what the underlying problem is regarding all the highly touted prospects that are going to other schools that I just mentioned a couple minutes ago. But before I get into all of that, I want to let y'all know that today's show is sponsored by Simply Safe, the choice for over 4 million people in terms of a home security system used to protect their home because of Simply Safe's cutting edge technology that's powered by 24 7 professional monitoring agents who can figure out which one of your dogs keeps digging holes in your backyard. They protect your home whether you're there or on the go by alerting Simply Safe agents on a moment's notice when a threat is caught on their HD cameras and will dispatch police or first responders in an emergency, using proprietary advanced technology to confirm whether the threat is real or not. Simply Safe also offers advanced sensors for every room, window, and door in the house, which can now detect criminal threats, but home threats as well, like a fire breaking out because you forgot to set the timer on the oven while cooking that meatloaf that you prepped. That honestly, um, no offense, the world will probably be better off without it. So, what are you waiting for? Go customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on college. Save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Visit simplysafe.com slash locked on college to learn more because there's no safe like Simply Safe. Welcome back to this Monday edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day. Okay, so let's continue this conversation about what the problem is that Mazio Bennett's recruitment should reveal to everyone. So, overall, the problem or the issue that led to Mazio Bennett more than likely committing to Tennessee over the home state South Carolina Gamecocks is the fact that This offense's lack of production is really hurting this team on the recruiting trail at the key position of wide receiver on offense. And it's something that this staff needs to note in my eyes. I want to list off some numbers real quick from some notable teams in the 2021 and 2022 college football season. Starting off with Tennessee. In 2021, Tennessee was 7th in the country in total offense, averaging 39.3 points per game. And so far in 2022, they're averaging 47.7 points per game through 6 games, the second best mark in all of college football. The Georgia Bulldogs, they finished the 2021 season with the ninth best scoring offense at 38.6 points per game. So far in 22, they're averaging 41.7 points per game, which is tied for the 10th best mark in the college football. North Carolina finished 19th in the country in 2021 in scoring offense with 35.2 points per game on average. And so far this year, they're averaging 41.7 points per game, which is tied for 10th alongside Georgia in college football. Ole Miss had the 24th best scoring average in the country last year with 33.7 points per game. This year so far, they're averaging 40.9 points per game, which is the 15th best mark in the country. And then you have Clemson, a team that had a lot lot of offensive issues this past season to where they were 82nd in the country in scoring offense, only averaging 26.3 points per game. 
But so far in 2022, it seems like they've turned things around on this side of the ball as they're averaging 38.6 points per game, which is the 21st best mark in college football. What I want you to know with all those teams, those are all teams that are surrounding South Carolina. North Carolina, Clemson, Georgia, Tennessee, Ole Miss, either from a regional standpoint are close to South Carolina or play in the same conference as South Carolina. I want you to keep that in mind when we continue this discussion later on in the show. Now, for South Carolina in terms of scoring offense, obviously, they were bad last year. And you could give a lot of reasons as to why that was the case and say that it wasn't really as much on the staff, and it was more so what they inherited. As the Gamecocks only averaged 22.6 points per game, which was the 25th worst mark in all college football. Now, so far this season, they're averaging 33.7 points per game. So you might stop me and go, well, Andrew, why aren't you talking about that? Why aren't you giving them credit for the supposed improvement they've had in this area? Well, you got to keep in mind that half the games that South Carolina has played so far have been against either group of five teams or an FCS opponent, which based on the competition level that South Carolina plays throughout the course of an entire season would end up skewing this number. Plus, let's be honest, South Carolina has still yet to play a complete game on either side of the ball, especially on offense. So the bottom line with everything I just listed, everything I just mentioned is this. If you don't have an exciting offense in today's college football, where you're both scoring points and your best players are getting the ball in every single game, they are made a priority in your scheme, in your play calling, in your offense as a whole, these recruits are going to take notice. And to say that that doesn't matter, which I'm not accusing any of you specifically of saying that, but if anyone out there doesn't think that matters, then you are completely naive, quite honestly, in terms of this discussion. Now, think about this. The aforementioned group of teams that I just brought up, North Carolina, Clemson, Ole Miss, Georgia, and Tennessee, they all collectively have nabbed the signings and or commitments of 17 consensus blue chip high school wideouts, basically guys that are looked at as either four stars or higher from both the 2022 and the 2023 recruiting classes. South Carolina, when looking at the same circumstances, only has one blue chip wide receiver signing or commitment in both these classes. Now, again, I want to emphasize something. I'm not saying that I dislike the prospects that South Carolina is bringing in right now. I think Landon Sampson has a chance to be a really good wide receiver here. I think he's got a chance to be an all-SEC type wideout, maybe at least second team all-SEC wide receiver. Kyla Corden was playing eight-man football in high school. So obviously, it's not fair to really hold any judgment against him for like at least the first two, three years he's here. He needs time to reacclimate to 11-man football and playing the wide receiver position full time because he played, I believe, both ways when he played high school football. So Kyle Court deserves time to develop and he was a really good athlete in high school. So there's a chance that he could develop and prosper and turn into a really solid receiver for South Carolina. Kelton Henderson. I mean, this was a guy that when I watched this film after his commitment earlier this year, he does everything for his high school. And he's not a guy that's really necessarily just a wide out. He can do a little bit of everything for his high school football team. 
And then you got C.J. Adams, whom some people have said could end up being another one of those wide-back type players in South Carolina's offense. Some people believe that he has that kind of skill set. And obviously, when you think of guys like that, you think of someone like Debo Samuel. You think of someone like Jakeem Bell, who the Gamecocks have on the roster right now. And when you think of those guys, then uh, yeah, it's fair to get excited about a guy who could potentially bring that type of ability to this offense. But the reason that I bring up these blue-chip prospect numbers at the wide receiver position, comparing South Carolina to all these other programs, is the fact that the numbers in terms of rankings, in terms of the guys you're continuously bringing in in each recruiting class year after year after year, it usually tends to catch up after a few seasons if you are not building up quality at each position on your team. Look at Alabama and Georgia. I mean, Alabama apparently has fallen behind in terms of how they're evaluating their offensive linemen. Now, they have a hard time keeping Bryce Young upright in just about any game that they play against a legitimate, talented opponent. Georgia, I mean, they're having issues at wide receiver this year. They don't really have that dominant receiving threat who can quite honestly just take over a ball game outside of Brock Bowers. Yes, they have a fantastic tight end room. But if you want to look at a team that is really good, but they are really struggling to find some solid production in game after game at the wide receiver position, go look at Georgia. They just won the national championship. Now, obviously, I'm not saying that South Carolina should be recruiting at the level of Georgia and Alabama every single year at each of these positions. That would be very naive and ignorant of me to say that. And quite frankly, that is something, at least as of right now, that South Carolina, even in the best of circumstances, probably could not accomplish. It would take a ton of years of accumulating some championships and double-digit wins every single year for them to ever really probably see that kind of success in recruiting. And that might be an understatement, to say the least. But the point being is, this is a serious problem in terms of the reoccurring theme that is quite honestly showing itself in terms of wide receiver recruiting for South Carolina. And I'm going to summarize all of this and sort of finish this discussion in just a couple of minutes. But before I do so, I also need to talk to you all about our friends over at BetOnline, who is also a sponsor for today's show. BetOnline is your number one source for football betting info this season, where you can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, and analysis on every game you can find. BetOnline continues to be your source for all of your sport wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute score updates for every sport out there. They're the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events, including the Major League Baseball postseason, where a lot of these wildcard teams are now finding themselves potentially in the championship series for both the American League and the National League. You've also got MMA, boxing, and golf as well. So head on over to Bet Online on your personal computer or use your mobile device to learn the latest about the trends and action. Because Bet Online is where the game starts. Welcome back to today's edition of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your team every single day in just 30 minutes. And if you want future alerts and notifications on shows from the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast, be sure to subscribe and click the bell if you're watching us on YouTube, or you can give us a follow wherever you get your audio podcasts daily. Okay, so 
I've now reached the end of the discussion regarding Maceo Bennett's decision to commit to Tennessee and what that means for South Carolina and and what the underlying problem might be regarding all of these blue chip wide receivers. So my overall final message with how the Maceo Bennett recruitment has played out is this is not a good look for South Carolina. It is not a recruitment to just gloss over. And I want to point out another thing I have not mentioned with the offensive numbers being much lower than some of South Carolina's competition, both again in the region and in the conference, it can end up being a tool for negative recruitment at these other schools. And in my opinion, this is why this is something that Coach Shane Beamer has got to take into account. Now, am I saying that he needs to worry himself strictly with everything that a potential rival head coach might be saying? He needs to worry himself with how all these other offenses are doing 24-7? No, I'm not saying that. Of course, he's got his own SEC football program that he's got to look after. He's got his own process in terms of how he wants to run things. But I will say this. In today's day and age in college football, you cannot afford to falsely think that everybody is going to remain patient in you trying to create progress for what you're trying to reach. My point with that statement is this. Head coaches used to get five, maybe even six, seven years to build a good product at a program that was struggling like South Carolina was at the end of Will Muschamp's tenure here. These days, that is not the case anymore. Head coaches now, they're going to normally get probably three, four years. That's at least the range you would get at most programs. You still might see some programs give head coaches five years to build. But what I will say is this. While Will Muschamp, of course, did not do good enough to keep his job here. Obviously, that's why he got fired back in 2020. He did some good in terms of building up certain positions on this roster. Positions like the defensive line. Positions like corner, for example. And of course, they lost some of their talented corners right as he had gotten fired. But he hadn't just completely left the cupboard bare is my point. Linebacker was a decent spot for South Carolina when he left. Not maybe great, but it was decent. So... It was a little bit different compared to when Steve Spurrier, of course, had left town in 2015. But there was some talent on this roster. You got Marshawn Lloyd at running back, Luke Doty at quarterback, who I didn't even mention earlier. So when Shane Beaver came and took this job, the main thing he needed to fix was culture. It seems like he's now gotten that under control. Everything is now good on that end. Now you've got to put a product out there on the field. And the thing is, and I know that Coach Shane Beamer and this coaching staff probably realize this, you cannot expect 16, 17, and 18-year-olds to consistently just sit there and look at the numbers, and maybe once again you had another rough outing where you didn't have a good start to a football game, but let's say you've managed to you know squeak out 27 points against whatever opponent you're facing. You can't just keep sitting there and going, look, we're getting closer. I, I'm telling you, this offense is going to take off at some point. I know we're 19 games in. I know that it still doesn't look great despite the obvious talent additions at certain spots on this roster, but we're getting there. These kids are not going to listen to that forever. That is my point with the Mazio Bennett recruitment because think about this. If I can recall correctly, on three's database, said that Mazio Bennett visited South Carolina seven times in his entire recruiting process up to this point. And he visited Tennessee, I believe, three or four times. 
in most recruitments in that case, unless the prospect did something to completely derail the relationship or trust with the school he took the most visits to, that school is going to get that prospect. You add in the fact that he was an in-state kid. His wide receiver coach would be Justin Stepp, who's considered by many in the coaching industry to be one of the best wide receiver coaches in college football when you combine both his record of development and his record of recruiting. Go look at how he recruited at Arkansas before he got to South Carolina. Now look at the recruitment numbers since he's gotten to South Carolina. If you're looking at the service level, you might be sitting there and thinking, what on earth is Coach Justin Stepp doing here? Why is he not bringing in some talented guys, or at least guys that, again, just based on paper, are some of the best that the country has to offer in terms of high school talent? Well, it's not always the position coach. Sometimes it is what is encompassing that position. And what I'm getting at by that is sometimes it's the entire side of the ball, the lack of production overall. That can be enough alone to push kids away from continuing to have mutual interest in your program. In my eyes, that is what is happening right now at the wide receiver position. And listen, South Carolina is recruiting great in the trenches. Nobody is going to say anything against that. South Carolina has brought in some talented quarterbacks. Spencer Rattler, obviously. Yes, he hasn't played well. He's still got a high ceiling. Tanner Bailey from this past year's recruiting class as well. Luke Doty from a couple years back. Now you're looking at Jalen Daniels, Braden Davis, both of those guys, also from last year's recruiting class. Dante Reno, who in my opinion has a ton of potential from the 2024 recruiting cycle. And listen, quarterback and offensive line, most people probably say are the most important spots on an offense. Because if you can't block for your quarterback and running back, the offense is probably not going to go anywhere more often than not. If the quarterback can't get the ball to their playmakers and run the offense effectively, your offense is still probably not going to end up doing what you want it to do. So South Carolina has both of those position groups covered in terms of recruiting. But I will say this, wide receiver is very important in its own right. Because listen, it doesn't matter if Dante Reno's got all the time in the world to sit back in the pocket and keep looking for guys. If wide receivers, and again, I'm not saying this is what's going to happen with the guys South Carolina has brought in. I think all those guys do have potential. But if those guys, they get three, four years into this program, a couple years into the system, they can't get separation from cornerbacks. They constantly are having to basically make spectacular catches because they don't do the little things right in their routes. Maybe their route running isn't as crisp. Maybe not all of them are... You know, speedsters. I'm not saying they got to take the top off a of defense every play, but they don't have the speed to help themselves break away from SEC defensive backs. That will eventually catch up to you in college football, catch up to you in football, period. You could have Tom Brady at quarterback and the 90s Dallas Cowboys offensive line protecting him. If Tom Brady does not have enough weapons on the edge or the perimeter, He's not going to succeed. The offense is not going to realize its full potential at those positions because wide receiver, you don't have enough dudes out there. And again, not saying that's going to happen with the guys South Carolina is bringing in and the guys that were signed in this past year's recruiting cycle, but something's got to change at this position, at least on paper, because if it doesn't, South Carolina will eventually find themselves in a really rough spot here where a lot of questions will have to be asked and they might not have the immediate answers to those questions. 
What are y'all's thoughts on the Mazio Bennett situation? What are your feelings about South Carolina losing this prospect to Tennessee, at least as of right now? Do you think this is a big underlying problem that's not being talked about enough? I want to hear all of y'all's thoughts down below in the comments section if you're watching today's show on YouTube, or you can also send me a message at A-Line underscore SC on Twitter. I don't see the message pop up immediately, so apologies to any people who I haven't responded to immediately, but I promise as soon as I see it, I will respond to those messages as quickly as I can. And also, if you enjoyed the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, but you want to get more news on the entire SEC conference, a lot of undefeated teams still in the running here. Tennessee, Georgia, Ole Miss. You want to hear more on those teams? Go check out Chris Gordy over on Locked On SEC, where he covers the entire conference every single day in just 30 minutes. Again, make Locked On SEC your second lesson after, of course, the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. But with that being said, y'all, that does it for today's show. I hope that y'all have a great rest of your Monday, a good start to the work week, and I'll catch y'all on the next show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast.